The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. Welcome, everyone. Today... We talk about these challenging times in our collaborative global initiative. Today, we're joined by my friends, my mentors, Barry Wilson, Doreen Liberto, Kathy Porter, Jeff Cohen, and myself. I guess I'll join us myself. Um, We're going to explore the movement and solutions to the increasing complexity, frustration, lies, environmental collapse, and separation and segregation in the world today. Now, this is a live show, so uh, call in, and the number that you see uh, on the Voice America uh, uh, template there, the toll-free number is 1-866-472-5790, international 001-480-398-3352. So I'll, I'll give the uh, toll-free one more time, 866-472-5790. Uh, you can tweet, tweet me at David B. Savage or email me at david at davidbsavage.com and uh, we will respond. We're going to do this in four segments, so I'll have a chance um, not only to uh, facilitate this great group of people we have here today, but also to respond and and uh, engage you because that's what our hope is. We're We're looking for a way to work together better. So... Some questions just to set this up. Isn't there a better way? Are you worn out fighting? How costly are your conflicts? And how long are the delays in getting your projects built and your visions realized? Where do you find the help? How do I deal with cumulative effects in such a positive way as opposed to a negative? Sometimes do you feel like an outlier? You don't need to, we're here, and there's hundreds of thousands of us around the world. So today we're gonna have an open discussion. We're gonna uh, have each one of us uh, make a few statements, uh, put some things on the table, make some offers, and uh, then we'll just have an open discussion amongst us, and if you call in, tweet, whatever, you'll be part of it as well. So in this age of complexity, conflict, there are potential massive risks, risks to our future as well. So who's the Collaborative Global Initiative? Well, go to collaborativeglobalinitiative.com. Our focus is training, coaching, and accessing a global network. 
you know, we're planning online courses and in-person workshops throughout North America, including New York, California, British Columbia, and Alberta in the next 18 months. We will get you to the networks to innovation and success. We can do this way more efficiently and effectively than in the past. Now, one of the things that I'm really delighted that Barry is going to share with us a little later on, he's got a cumulative effects playbook that he's bringing out, an online series on cumulative effects. Go to ceanalytic.com for more. Doreen and I, on May 25th, we're going to be hosting a dialogue in San Luis Obispo, California. July 5th, Doreen and I will be in Vancouver, British Columbia, doing the same. That one's around our upcoming book, Learn to Talk, Talk to Learn. So what do you need? Well, I think you need... I think you need a lot of things, but I think you need collaboration to succeed. Jeff Cohen is writing a reframing conflict series. There are lots of resources. If we don't have them, you probably have them. And if we don't have them, we can connect you to the solution providers. Now, before we get into the guests, I just want to talk about something that um, Rod McKay, the uh, chair of the Canadian Heart and Stroke Foundation and a friend of mine, said, leadership is difficult. Leadership that depends on collaboration is very difficult. And yet, we all think we know how to collaborate. You know, we, we try to build capacity, decide things, but we actually do not collaborate very well. You know, I've sought out professional development as a coach, mediator, facilitator, negotiator. These are powerful positions from around our world and great skills for leaders like you. But like collaboration, too often I hear leaders state, I coached her. I mentored him. I mediated that conflict. We collaborated. These statements are disingenuous, ignorant, and diminish professionals in those fields. Collaboration to many is getting together to work on something. That's not collaboration. That's a meeting and sometimes manipulation. So let's make a joint proclamation that we value collaboration as a powerful way of leading. Collaboration isn't an act. It's the way we are together. To collaborate isn't simply to work together, it's an organizational culture. And that's what I talk about unlocking the possible within a culture of collaboration in my book, Breakthrough DS. So a quick introduction of my friends and my mentors and people that you will soon listen to. Uh, Barry Wilson of British Columbia. He's a systems ecologist, a BC registered professional forester and a principal at CE Analytic Limited as well as associate of ALCES, Landscape and Land Use Limited. Barry is an expert in holistic cumulative effects analysis with 27 years of experience in integrated land management in North America. And Barry was just in California speaking at a conference on these issues. So CE Analytic is a 1% for the Planet member and a proud donor to the Columbia Mountains Institute and so much more. We're hoping that uh, from an airport lounge somewhere in the world, Kathy Porter is going to join us. Kathy is also part of our Collaborative Global Initiative. 
Kathy's intention is to engage in dialogue not only to those practicing professionals, but also those individuals and enterprises curious enough to move in new or even novel directions. How can we reframe our experiences in our preferred way of thinking? This is some of this work that Kathy does so brilliantly. Uh, Kathy is most of the time in Toronto, Ontario these days. I move on to Doreen Liberto. Doreen, her experience includes collaboration of program management, land use, environmental, transportation, climate change, and resource management, sustainability, and communication strategies, sustainable land use planning, resource management, transportation, greenhouse gas reduction. She has just a great CV as well. And she received her graduate degree from Pepperdine in the School of Law and Dispute Resolution. And our president, Mr. President, Jeff Cohen, (laughs) who, if you were listening, was with me last week and did a beautiful interview, a discussion on dispute resolution mediation. Jeff is a conflict engagement specialist concentrating in mediation, facilitation, and stakeholder engagement. And he's done it almost as long as I have, for 26 years plus. He does uh, divorce and family, commercial, employment and business, stakeholder engagement, environmental, public policy issues, workplace conflicts, organizational conflicts, facilitation. He's a proud member and just what part of the center of Jeff's heart is values. And he does that work with the Association for Conflict Resolution. So we are the Collaborative Global Initiative. I'm David Savage. I know stuff too, I guess. Over the last 18 months, you've heard a lot about my interests and my offerings. Um, I will now turn it over, pardon me as I get a uh, sore throat here. Uh, Doreen, can you start us off to talk about dialogue and some of your ideas behind our upcoming book? Sure. Thank you, Dave, uh, for inviting me to be on your program, and and I look forward to hearing from everybody on the program today. I think what I want to do, first of all, is frame what's going on and the changes that are happening from a cultural standpoint. Um, Unfortunately, we've developed a culture of debating and not listening to understand the other side. We only have to watch the events of the 2016 U.S presidential elections to see the attitude of I'm right and you're wrong, uh, to know that there's at any time there can be uh, debating, uh, violence, and collaborations put aside. Uh, We no longer dialogue. When I started my planning career in land use and environmental planning years ago, people would agree uh, to disagree on the evidence or the facts that were presented. Shortly after that, we would get together to determine, uh, to look at the situation, determine where we differed, try to get the evidence, and then attempt to go ahead and rectify that and work together or collaborate where we could find common ground. But what happened over probably, I'd say, the last five to ten years is that we've become, we look at it, and we, we've become like sporting teams, and we are on each side uh, of the football team, and we are rounding for our side and booing the other side and not willing to speak with them. So we essentially have taken on the mentality of sporting teams and, and fans. Uh, 
given the uh, fake news stories that we now have, our value changes, uh, people accepting lies because the lies reflect their emotional uh, support system, it's become a very challenging situation. Uh, And it's not just something that I'm speaking about. Um, There's actually a study that was done by Rob Willer, professor of psychology at Stanford. And what he found is that indeed the divisions of opinions becoming wider and that social media is part of this and how it's used, that people essentially um, only look at news, they look at social media that reflects their views, not opposing views, they have an echo chamber, and they're not willing to dialogue. They want animosity. And I'm finding more and more workshops and people that people are attending on how to be an advocate, how to be an activist and get your way from fighting. That's unfortunate. I feel that we're going back uh, backwards. And what we need to do is start dialoguing, listening to one another. Um, but I think we first have to have this dialogue to talk about the need for it. What's really happening in our society? But not only what is currently happening, if we continue down this path, what will happen? Where are we going with this? Um, our society has begun to stereotype positions blame the other side when something goes wrong, and we take a group think behavior. And what we're going to try to do in our book is talk about basically how we need to start talking, listening, and not dehumanizing the other side. Once you dehumanize the other side, it's okay to say what you want about them. It's okay not to listen to them. I think we need to go ahead and, and start talking again and get small groups of opposing positions together Uh, and teach them how to listen, teach them how to dialogue, and then hopefully they can continue that on into their community. That's, uh, yeah, we've heard so much about the uh, post-truth era. We've heard so much of the castigation and and judgments. So what I'm going to suggest now, uh, everyone, is let's just take our short break now, and then we will uh, come back and discuss the dialogue making, the, the how do we get a, out of judgment? So everyone, uh, let's take the break now and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. David B. Savage and his book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. According to Kirkus Reviews, Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, unlocking the possible within a culture of collaboration. While it addresses organizational collaboration, this book could be interpreted more broadly as a treatise on building a cooperative culture within families, groups, businesses, and government. David's Collaborative Leadership 360 Assessment is an evaluation resource that will get you moving forward. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative 
collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to David at davidbsavage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Wow, even uh, during the break, we had some great conversations. Uh, and Jeff has reminded me that while Doreen and I are hosting some dialogue events in uh, California and British Columbia in the next uh, two months, uh, Jeff and Kathy and Barry, I hope, uh, will will join us virtually. So we want, really want this to be a collaborative global initiative. Uh, Doreen, you were talking about dialogue and the importance of breaking through uh, to intelligent conversation and learning conversations. Uh, Let's pick it up again. I I want to give another example. I was giving community presentations on climate change uh, recently, and I mentioned uh, a conversation about whether people believe the climate's changing due to human activity or due to natural patterns. And one person took offense at my statement and said, there's no doubt that humans are causing the climate change. How could I even make, you know, have a question about that? Um, And then I went to another event where there were different people and somebody, a man stood up and very sternly told me that what is happening to the planet has happened many times before and it's a natural pattern and why didn't I understand that? Well, I think that shows a good example of where people are coming from different positions and they need to, rather than shout out their positions, they need to, what we need to do, I think as collaborators, is say, okay, well, let's put your positions aside. Let's listen and dialogue. Can we all agree that there is a change that's taking place? That certainly their climate patterns are changing. Sea levels are rising. And because of the significant economic damage is and will continue to occur and I think we get what happened was we did get both sides to say well yeah there are some changes so can we then take a step further and say we can agree on that and what do we do about that what do we do because there's some economic issues that are developing um I think what's important is that we put our egos aside and we start collaborating on solutions and I think it is you know is it important that we're right all the time is important that we shout the loudest and we demand that you know, I'm right and you're wrong. I don't want to hear anything else you have to say. Um, it's really important that we really sit down and begin listening to one another, getting beyond our talking points, and coming together with a with, uh, common solution. Yeah, that's so important to go to the, uh, instead of the debate and the adversarial approach, go to the learning, go to the learning conversation, talk to learn. Right. I like to call that, Dave, collaborative learning, and that yeah. is that everybody gets together and and learning how to dialogue is collaborative learning. How to listen is part of it. And so that's part of what we'll be working on in, in our series of books. It's great. Here. I just I, I have to totally agree. Um, and I just wanted to relay a, 
an experience of mine uh, that Kathy Porter and I had actually in working in a very complex landscape up in the Alberta oil sands region uh, between about 2005 and 2008. And we were working with a group up there who were trying to figure out a path forward on a 10 million hectare landscape. 50 stakeholders, including all levels of government, NGOs, indigenous people, uh, big oil and other heavy industry, uh, and a range of local citizens who are trying to collaboratively plan for sustainable environment, economy, and society in, in this area that was experiencing and still is experiencing hyper growth in the resource extraction sector. And so when we started the process with all of these stakeholders in the room, you know, they sort of lined up on opposite sides of the room, glaring at each other. And what we went through a process, first of all, Kathy laid out some ground rules and said, we're going to spend the next little while here just learning. And we're not going to come in with our positions on. And so we did that. And we went through an, an exploration phase of understanding what this landscape could produce. And if we pushed it hard in different directions, uh, what the outcomes might be. And then another important part which comes out of the dialogue is is being able to understand where other people are coming from. And so by the end of this process, you had NGOs being able to very eloquently describe the business requirements of the oil industry. And you had representatives from oil and gas being able to speak very conclusively on the need for long-term biodiversity. And once they were able to fully understand each other's position, I think that's the learning that Doreen was talking mm -hmm. about, then innovation and solutions emerge from the group very quickly. Right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I want to uh, uh, check in. I think we've got Kathy Porter joined us. Uh, Kathy, are you on yet? Okay. All right, we'll continue on. Um, there is so much to talk about this, and this is very much in <clears throat> Kathy's uh, uh, whole career is collaboration as a way to drive innovation. But let's move on at this time to, to uh, Barry, and, and you're an expert. Uh, you've got so many resources and tools and expertise in cumulative effects, and uh, let's go there now, Barry. Thank you, David. And, and as Doreen said, thank you very much for this terrific opportunity to join you on your show and, and uh, to share some of some of the things that we love to talk about. Um, cumulative effects, it's, it's uh, quickly becoming a buzzword. Uh, I have been working on this for a couple of decades, I guess before it was like super popular. But, um, you know, the, the fact that we're... Uh, growing at a rapid rate on this planet as humans and uh, the planet isn't getting any bigger it's becoming more and more of an issue um, and as Doreen talked about you know this idea of of getting into a debate versus dialogue seems to hamstring us a lot it, it, from my perspective in my business I work with clients um, all over North America and too often it seems to me that business as usual, sort of the standard way of, of going about our business gets us stuck pretty quickly in a tug of war between the environment and the economy. Yeah. And yet, you know, we all, we know that we need community and stakeholder support 
for this development. And, and I think we all understand that that then requires, you know, both economic and environmental success be ways that we, we measure the outcomes. And oftentimes, though, it can seem just too complicated to deal with the multiple overlapping land uses and now combined with uncertainty like climate change. Uh, but we do have tools and processes that allow us to do just that. And, and I wanted to share a little bit about that today. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, the CE playbook, I do teach people how to go through this process. Um, you can go to the website, as you mentioned, or also ceplaybook.com. And I'll come back to that a little bit later, but it's a resource that folks could follow up on a little bit later. Um, I, th- I just think that if we all sort of think a little bit deep down inside, each one of us knows that we're going to have to deal with this this complexity, even though it's difficult. And, and I think we all also understand that we have to find this right balance in order to survive and prosper, or as some people say, to find a safe operating space on Earth. And I think our planning success will come easier when we view the world holistically as an integration of systems. And so you've probably heard John Muir's quote, when we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. And I think understanding this is critical to our planning success. Very simply, it just isn't good enough to look at only one land use in isolation. We need to understand the cumulative effects of all human activity and Mother Nature acting together. And we found ourselves into this, what's been described as this geologic epoch, the Anthropocene, which is a a period in time, basically from the Industrial Revolution, in which human activities have had a significant global impact on the Earth's ecosystems. And we're right now in this period called the Great Acceleration of, of unprecedented world population growth. And that increasing population is bringing, well, it's actually increasing many simultaneous pressures on our natural systems, all the way from primary resource extraction like timber and minerals, the service industries, settlement, agriculture, transportation, energy, tourism, recreation, and the effects that happen to us at home, like where I am here in the shoe swap in British Columbia, are affected by what happens in other areas of the world. Uh, certainly, uh, growth in the oil and gas sector in Alberta brings lots of tourism to our little watershed here. But we also feel it from the Pacific Northwest in the United States and, and even offshore in Asia. So we're sort of in this large global connectedness uh, and yet we're still managing maybe individually, different sectors individually. And I think where some of this comes from is it's embedded in the legislation. And, and we tend to encounter cumulative effects in things like environmental impact assessments. And there's wording in those that basically says they're cumulative impacts. They're negative things that must be mitigated. And what we're trying to do is develop a project while we minimize the harm from that project. Where I, I really hope we're going is that we'll switch this around to a more holistic approach to managing growth and development. We'll look at 
our activity in combination with natural disturbance. We'll look across the triple bottom line of environmental, social, and economic outcomes at a range of scales beyond individual developments. Because when we don't, we end up with this big tangle of issue-specific policy responses not well connected. And, and it leads us to this debate rather than dialogue. And, and quite frankly, from my perspective, I think it's time we had stopped admiring the problem and started working on it. <laughs> we need to rethink this tug of war. Really, it's, it's a delicate balance that we're striving for. And we need to imagine our future, write our own story, you know, plan for what we want rather than minimizing the harm. And, and this is where collaboration becomes absolutely crucial because as our landscapes continue to get busier, and we're bumping into each other and overlapping, uh, the collaboration becomes more and more important because if we don't, we're, we're working at cross purposes or we're trying to compete and there's winners and losers and it doesn't doesn't really need to be like that. So we're going to uh, again go to a quick break. Uh, tweet or call in at David B. Savage, for example. Uh, Barry has placed a very critical and complex issue and opportunity in front of us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. David B. Savage and his book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. According to Kirkus Reviews, Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, unlocking the possible within a culture of collaboration. While it addresses organizational collaboration, this book could be interpreted more broadly as a treatise on building a cooperative culture within families, groups, businesses, and government. David's Collaborative Leadership 360 Assessment is an evaluation resource that will get you moving forward. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com that's davidbsavage.com voice america business network the bottom line in business You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to david at davidbsavage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. So just before the break, we had Barry Wilson from Cumulative Effects, or CE Analytics, talking about the challenge, the complexity, the positions, and and the opportunity. And and during the break, uh, Jeff raised some great points. So Jeff, can you join in now? 
Oh, I'd love to. And and like everyone else, uh, David, thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be on the show. And I think this is critically important for everybody. I think anyone listening, whether you believe that there is climate change or whether you don't, um, our group is here to help you uh, to try to find answers so that you can do your business, move on, and 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 work across the table from everyone else. Um, the other day, I was watching a MASH episode, uh, and I'm an old MASH junkie, and BJ Honeycutt said in this episode, we can't even have a fight in peace anymore. And <laughs> it really struck me, because that's really where we are right now. Um, it used to be that we were deeply divided, but you could sit down and have the conversation. We can't can't talk about climate change or global warming or environmental issues without either getting a, a, a deep hooray from someone or a punch in the nose. And I want to offer something a little different to those of you who may be skeptical that may be listening to us. Uh, I'm sort of the Swiss army knife of the collaborative global initiative. I do facilitation. I do mediation. I do stakeholder engagement, but I'm going to talk about mediation as a way that uh, all of us can come to the table and feel comfortable and safe coming to the table, whether you're someone who believes or is in disbelief that there is anything happening to our planet. And the reason why it works that way is that my job as a mediator is to be neutral and impartial. I'm not here to give opinions. My job is to own the process while my parties own their own outcome. Uh, you've heard it said in many ways here to, to, uh, today by other folks, my job is to create the dialogue and not the debate so that everybody can learn from one another. And how does that happen? How does that happen? And how do we work when we're doing more of a mediative role in our work rather than uh, a role that takes on, hey, we've got people that understand that this is an issue and we're all trying to collaborate? Well, the first thing that we do is we try to design a safe way for folks to communicate. And uh, everyone in this group has background in conflict systems design. Our job is to meet with everyone, find out the best way to create the dialogue, whether it's a public facilitation, whether it's working with small groups, whether it's breaking people out into work groups. But the first thing that we do is design the safe haven, the safe place where everyone with all different opinions and ideas can come to the table and feel that they're going to safely be able to express their views. Uh, again, are we facilitating? Are we mediating? Is it a public dialogue? Whatever it is and however we do it is based specifically on the circumstances. The whole idea of, of communicating is to create understanding. And Dave, you and I have talked about this in a previous, uh, um, a previous uh, uh, show, is that there is a thread that we talk about. And that is, is that having a safe environment where everyone can have their dialogue facilitated by someone like myself, uh, helps us to understand each other. Once we have understanding, we can then develop trust in one another, even if we're on opposite sides of the table. I can't tell you how many times people come away saying, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I trust you now. And understanding and trust is what allows folks to start working on creative outcomes. Sometimes each side may be acquiescing to the other in some way for the purpose of moving forward, but relationships have been built. And that's really a very important part of what I do. So when I'm facilitating or mediating uh, a conflict or a disagreement between stakeholders, everybody knows that I'm not coming in 
to coerce anyone into a final decision. In fact, the whole idea of mediation is uncoerced self-determination of all issues. Yeah. Um, another thing that's, I'm sorry? I, I was just thinking, um, we, I really want to stress this point that uh, has been raised here about embracing conflict. You know, Yes, that's one of my 10 essential steps to collaboration. But as long as I'm certain that I know it all, I'm a pretty useless leader because I don't need you. And as as probably the oldest guy in the table here, uh, I the older I get, the more I realize, A, I'll never know it all, and B, if I pretend I know it all, it excludes everyone else. So I just I just want to give a quote uh, before we go back to Barry here. But here, here's a quote from our friends, uh, Doug Stone and, and Sheila Heen. Remind yourself that if you think you already understand how someone feels or what they're trying to say, it is a delusion. Remember a time when you were sure you were right and then discovered one little fact that changed everything. There is always more to learn. That's a quote from Difficult Conversations, How to Discuss What Matters Most. Yeah. Another th- another uh, quick quote that may be very helpful to this and uh, from a dear friend of mine, a Dr. Charlie Kennedy, says, we must embrace our impotence. <laughs> we must embrace the fact that we don't know it all. And that is how we create the humility necessary to begin to understand. And if I may just uh, punctuate this for a moment, is that the magic of my process is when Parties who are at odds with one another will say to one another, gee, I never understood that. Gee, I've learned something. That's when shifts begin to happen. Basically, you're changing the culture of how folks are, are, are communicating with one another in a proactive way. So it promotes understanding. It promotes trust. You can't have a collaboration without first having understanding and trust. So my job is always to focus on those things to bring peace into the room. And why on earth would you want groupthink? I want to bring it back to Barry because cumulative impacts, cumulative effects are so critical. You know, in my time long ago in oil and gas in Canada, it was like, oh no, I'm not responsible for everybody else's problems. Let me just do my thing. Well, we can't get away with that anymore. You know, it might mean shutting down old facilities that don't uh, protect the environment, the community, as well as we'd like. But it's such a, a complex issue and a great opportunities. Barry, I mentioned at the top of the show that you're offering a playbook. Can you tell us a little bit more about that to help us get through this complexity and collaborate better? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, basically, the CE playbook is... A surefire approach to help people build that understanding and trust that we we're just talking about, and um, it's it's actually a set of um, exercises, lessons that allow uh, individual practitioners, uh, decision makers, or land use planners, a credible way to create a safe and productive arena for for conversation and collaboration to get to those solutions. And so, you know, I've realized that there's, there's not enough people with access to the tools that they need. And so uh, one of the things I thought was to deliver this uh, online 
to people. Uh, it can be more cost effective. They can do it at their own time, their own speed, and it, it'll be better. So develop the CE Playbook. It's a four-volume online course uh, that you can access on any of your digital devices. And each module is designed with your own individual productivity in mind. So right from the start, the lesson exercises get you applying your new knowledge to the planner opportunity that you're working on right away so you can get using it. And, and I would say that the CE Playbook is for you if you're involved in land use planning in any way, uh, if you're working on an environmental impact assessment for sure, if you're a project manager or a developer who has to deliver on time, on target, and on budget, I totally get that. I've been in that seat a few times. Um, and the CE Playbook is, is for you. If you're a subject matter expert, like a biologist, engineer, economist, sociologist, forester, healthcare practitioner, anybody who's been asked to provide guidance on balancing development and conservation, and I guess maybe most of all, if you're in a nonprofit working in a watershed to preserve or develop certain important values, whether they're education or uh, salmon or anything like that, this is definitely for you. I, I'm a, a co-founder and president of a non-profit, and I, I think I have a pretty good idea of what they need. I guess I wanted to also say thank you to you and your guests for the time today and offer a special discount coupon. If you go to ceplaybook.com, you can get... 50% off of that volume one course up until May 1st, 2017. If you just enter in the code VOICE, V-O-I-C-E. And uh, it's a special thank you to you and your guests. Oh, thanks, Barry. You know, this is such a critical thing. And, and, and one of the things that I learned when I first met uh, Barry probably a year, well, a year and a half ago is some of the things that we make up uh, just aren't true. Some of the things that uh, we don't know can hurt us. So uh, Barry's got some incredible technology where he can go over cumulative impacts over the last hundred years uh, within his database. And, and I've seen him display it with respect to British Columbia and Alberta. But, but things that surprise us where we think even little things like how we recreate when we use ATVs, well, what's the impact of that? Why, mm. why do we spend so much time on pipelines and not worry about ATVs? Why, why do we spend so much time with respect to nuclear and not worry about gravel pits? So, mm. so nobody's getting out of here alive. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's really make this better. Um, Doreen, any, any comments? I, I struck yeah. a laugh. Yeah. You did, because it reminded me of uh, a bumper, bumper sticker back in the 80s that said, you know, the person who has the most assets wins when they die or something along those lines. And, of course, we know that that's not true. But I feel that we've gotten a situation where is the person who believes they've won the most arguments, you know, uh, is the superior. And I think that that's one of the things that... that we need to change that thinking. And one way is to, I think, again, dialogue and teach people how to dialogue because I'm not quite sure that a lot of people know the difference between dialoguing and debating. And I think getting people to, to be empathetic towards another person's position. And I have a short quote. Uh, since Jeff had one and you had one, I have one. <laughs> and that is, empathy is seeing with the eyes of another 
listening with the ears of another and feeling with the heart of another. So it doesn't mean that you are going to agree with somebody with an opposite opinion, but at least empathize, understand how they got there. And by doing that and getting that way is by asking some critical questions and really um, not dehumanizing the other side. All right. I think that, I think there's something else that we should also, uh, it, it, it's on point and it's off point. I think the problem that we have today where we are working with electronics, where we are so focused on, uh, our, on our work, fewer and fewer people are getting out and have any understanding of what the wilderness is. Yeah. I, know, I know for a fact that uh, I have friends, they don't know uh, the difference between a loon and a duck. They don't understand what mercury does to a loon. Uh, and what acid rain and how mercury even gets into a loom through acid rain. And sometimes I think for all of our listeners, if you're skeptical, get out in the woods, you're going to want to protect it. You're going to want to hedge your bets. And I think we need to find a way to make people more aware of the natural world. And then you're more apt to want to protect it. So in, in the couple minutes of this break, just go outside and take a deep breath and uh, do it. If you can't have a nature bath, have a nature shower for a moment. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. David B. Savage and his book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. According to Kirkus Reviews, Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, unlocking the possible within a culture of collaboration. While it addresses organizational collaboration, this book could be interpreted more broadly as a treatise on building a cooperative culture within families, groups, businesses, and government. David's Collaborative Leadership 360 Assessment is an evaluation resource that will get you moving forward. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com that's davidbsavage.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to David at davidbsavage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. We're having some uh, fun and some laughs here. Uh, welcome back, everyone. I'm just delighted that we have uh, listeners from around the world in this conversation. I wish everybody could be more a part of it, and that's our intention here, to build this cumulative 
impact, uh, collective intelligence. The um, where I want to go with this is, uh, let, you know, let's make this fully holistic, fully rounded. Um, for example, uh, the uh, oil sands industry in Canada, for far too long, wanted to debate whether they were a bad guy or a good guy in climate change and all this stuff. And they're realizing that now that they're fully engaged, and as we talked about earlier, not having to be right or wrong, but looking for the knowledge and the innovation that uh, Kathy Porter is an expert at uh, building collaboration to drive innovation. I just want to honor Kathy in that way. But, you know, the Canadian oil sands industry is now saying, huh, when we focus on CO2 emissions, when we deal with that with the collaborative wisdom with the uh, Canadian Oil Sands uh, Innovation Alliance and other groups that are working on these significant challenges, they're actually finding opportunities. They're finding that by capturing greenhouse gas emissions, they're actually becoming even more cost-effective and more efficient at it. So it's a, it's a business advantage that was unrealized. Uh, there are so many opportunities in, in life, whether it's energy, whether it's dealing with your teenage kids. But so often we get surprised when we realize that there's a real opportunity. Um, one of the things that we've had some fun with today is everybody came up with a favorite quote around <laughs> our challenges. So, so Barry's got to have his time. Barry, jump in. Thanks. Thanks, David. Well, I... I- John Muir is one of my favorites, and, and I really appreciate his work. But another one of my favorites that I think is so relevant to our conversation today is, is by Dr. Alan Edwards. And I use it in so many of my talks and presentations. And, and the, the quote is, no innovator works alone. And the most innovative of all collaborate not only within their institutions, but also with others across the country and around the world. And I, I just think that that's so salient to this is that we also not be limited by our near circle. And, and uh, we, we have this opportunity to reach out to the world and, and share knowledge now in the digital age. And it, it's, um, it can be very powerful for us. Absolutely. You know, what comes to mind is a number of years ago, I worked with a really wonderful environmental and public policy mediator and facilitator by the name of Cindy Cook up in Vermont, and we worked together uh, on a collaborative um, uh, project where the Chippewa and the U.S. Forest Service needed to get together to, uh, uh, to try to collaborate on forestry planning rules. Every seven or so years, the federal government comes out with new rules, and the reason why they do that here in the U.S. is because there are all kinds of issues of invasive species, and because of climate change, uh, um, uh, the landscape is changing and uh, each side was relatively resistant in, or at least initially resistant to the suggestions of the other. And at the end of the day, to make the long story very short, uh, the federal government agreed to adopt some of the anecdotal ancient uh, uh, land management uh, ways of the Chippewa. Mm-hmm. And the Chippewa, in exchange, were, were, would work with the wildlife biologists of the U.S. government, and it was put into the forestry planning rule that way. And it was a wonderful example of everybody sitting at the table, listening to everyone else 
around the table. We were listening to medicine men and tribal biologists and federal biologists and forest rangers. And at the end of the day, there was such uh, the days, it was many days of, of work. Uh, slowly but surely, everybody understood that they had differing ideas, but they finally had a very similar goal. And uh, at the end of the day, it was really a magnificent piece of work on both sides to come up with this very, very important set of rules. So that was just a good example for everybody to know that this, this works and it works so effectively and it preserves relationships. It doesn't destroy relationships and makes relationships stronger between adversaries. Well, I'll, I'll jump in and tell a little bit of a story while the, the bird sings a song. The, um, uh, today, uh, I chaired a meeting in Cranbrook, British Columbia, my home. Um, I've been asked uh, over the last, well, a long time to, to help uh, create the non-motorized trail network in uh, British Columbia. So I'll shorten this to say July 1st, 2017 is my nation's 150th birthday. Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, we're very proud. The Trans-Canada Trail now connects in a largely non-motorized, I think it's about 90% that goes from the Atlantic to the Pacific to the Arctic Oceans. Non-motorized trail, fantastic, whether you're cross-country skiing, whether you're hiking, biking, whatever it is. Well, when we started to look at a celebration for Canada Day 2017, our 150th birthday, we realized we want to make this a big deal. We want to celebrate this new 42-and-a-half-kilometer trail from Cranbrook to Wardner, about 30 miles. Then we realized, oh, my God, everybody's doing a celebration. Oh, my God, uh, how are we even going to get noticed? And then the uh, local First Nations, the Tanaka and the Akam uh, band, said, well, we're not really into celebrating Canada Day. That's really not our thing. We've been here for about 10,000 years. <laughs> How about 10,000-year uh, day? How about that? <laughs> and instead of getting into a competition with the city, with the regional district, with the Columbia Basin Trust, with the Tanaha, with anybody, we said, huh, you're right. So let's do them both. And I was just delighted today we came to an understanding where we've got a series of events, June 21st on National Aboriginal Day, uh, June 30th, July 1st. We are so much better yeah. together and, and we are seeking international media for this. So we could have fought and it all had small attendance or we could have really built this thing, which looks like we're going to. Yeah. I want to give, uh, we've only got about a minute left. I'm going to give... Uh, uh, just a chance for a quick uh, last words, uh, Doreen. My last words are, I, I hope that people can join us at our uh, workshops in San Luis Obispo and Vancouver on May 25th in San Luis Obispo and July 5th in Vancouver. And more details will be coming out. And it's an opportunity to form a dialogue uh, about... Right. We're, we're running out of time. Um, Barry and then Jeff, quickly. Uh, just thank you very much. Reminder to go to ceplaybook.com and use the coupon code VOICE to get your 50% discount and share an Indigenous lesson I got this morning that cumulative effects is really understanding our relationships with other living and non-living things. Thank you. And Jeff. If anybody's interested, folks, we are here, the Collaborative Global Initiative. We are the international network of mediators, facilitators, and systems design professionals 
that are here to assist you in working with others to collaborate on your projects. Um, we're here to help you achieve common goals. And if you are interested anyway, give us a call. Uh, take a look at collaborativeglobalinitiative.com. And we'll be happy to talk to you and help you to find a way. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone. In these Thank challenging you. times, Thank we've you. got a way. Great. Be Thank well. you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week.